Welcome to the Melanin Medics podcast. Join us as we delve deep into topical conversations, share real-life experiences, and celebrate notable achievements of current and future doctors of Afro-Caribbean heritage. Listen in as we amplify Black voices in medicine and surgery. This Black History Month edition proudly celebrates trailblazing Black doctors, and we ask them, why did you fall in love with medicine? Hi everyone, this is the first episode of the Melanin Medics podcast series. We are starting with our Black History Month edition, which will be hosted by Michaela, who you just heard, a specialist registrar in ear, nose and throat surgery and the Melanin Medics communications officer. Ayomade, who is an F1 doctor and the Melanin Medics education and training officer. And me, Tenny, an F2 doctor and the outreach officer for Melanin Medics. We've all had very different experiences of medicine throughout our journeys, which we cannot wait to share as we hear more from our guests. So today we are delighted to be interviewing our founder and chief executive of Melanin Medics, Dr. Alamade Dada. So Alamade is an advocate for racial equality in medicine and has actively led the charity for four years. She's also an alumnus of the Healthcare Leadership Academy and a fellow of the Institute of Leadership and Management. Her interests lie in utilizing opportunities to bring about change and put forward solutions to benefit the healthcare sector. And as a junior doctor, she is also passionate about race, equality, health inequalities, widening access and empowering young people in leadership. Elamide has also been the receipt of multiple awards, including the We Are City Rising Star in Healthcare 2020 Award. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Elamide. Would you like to just give us also a brief introduction of yourself? Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to, to be here with both of you. Um, yeah, I think you pretty much <laughs> said everything there is to know about me. Um, you know, Melanie Medics is, is one of the most exciting things that I've had the privilege to to lead over the years. And it's great to have you guys on the team as well um, <laughs> and just just work to, together to achieve our aims. But yeah, really looking forward to today's conversation. It's brilliant. Yeah, no, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> um, so to warm you up a bit, we've got our first question, which is who is your biggest mentor and why? Okay. Um, so this is quite an easy question for me, so I'm glad we started <laughs> like this. Um, but yeah, so definitely my mentor is a lady who I met um, when I was in sixth form. Um, so she is a GP and she grew up in the same area as me. But no, she's been such a, an incredible mentor, such a great role model. Uh, if not for her, I wouldn't have got into to medical school, you know, and it's great to, oh. to have that relationship with her. Um, even once I've graduated as well and it's just so lovely to see somebody who grew up in the same area as me who went to the same you know school as me who's done so well in her career who's really thriving and showing me you know you you can do the things that you are passionate about Um, and you know I was only one of the very you know large number of students that, that she's helped and supported not just in terms of medical careers but um, in terms of other careers as well so it's it's really great to have her as my mentor yeah oh wow that, that's incredible so was she kind of one of the people that drove you towards going into medicine 
So when I met her, I met her quite late into the medicine application journey. So okay. actually, um, I decided that I wanted to, to study medicine and that in itself was a, a bit of a struggle, but <laughs> I, I settled on it, you know, um, but I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone who had successfully applied to medical school. Mm. Um, I didn't know anyone who I had a close enough relationship with that was working as a doctor that I felt that I could easily ask for help and support and things. Um, so lucky for me, my friend who was also applying to medicine at the time, she, that was her mentor as well. Um, and she introduced me and it was a bit late, so I couldn't really get work experience, which she would normally help students with as well. Um, but she helped me review my personal statements. She helped me um, with my interview preparation, which looking back, oh my God, I was a complete mess. Um, <laughs> Once we but- all. <laughs> honestly honestly but um you know it's so great to look back on how far I've come how far she's come you know um both in our respective careers and yeah so I'd say before I met her I knew that I wanted to study medicine yeah but that's amazing that like you've been in contact throughout your whole journey I'm sure she's like absolutely in awe of what you've done so far and like and so excited to see what you're going to achieve in the future Let's dive straight in. Um, though I feel like we've already spoken a lot anyway. But what moment then would you say in your journey affirmed your decision to go into medicine, Olamide? So I definitely say that for me, um, I moved school. So my secondary school didn't have a sick form attached to it. So I moved to a different sick form in a very affluent area, which was different from where I grew up very different <laughs> to say the least um and and that was an, an interesting experience because the difference you have is that teachers knew the students who had been in that school right from year seven they knew what they were capable of they'd seen the way they had performed but for me coming from you know I grew up in Luton so coming from Luton in comparison to, to where the school was in Hertfordshire they kind of looked at us like okay like they they didn't really know what we were capable of. So mm. I just felt like they underestimated us quite a bit. And it wasn't just for myself, but for my friends as well. Um, so obviously, first year of sixth form is quite challenging, right? Um, it's, it's such a humbling ex- experience, really, yeah. because, you know, <laughs> you, you, can, you can finish, um, what is it? You can finish GCSEs and get all these A stars and A's, you know, you're doing really well. And then you sit that mock exam in January and the letters, the grades are not making sense, <laughs> you know? Um, so, but I told myself, I said, if I, you know, that time it was modular exams, so AS levels and then A levels. And I told myself, if I can, you know, actually do well in my AS exams, then I'm going to take that as a sign that, you know, this is what I should do, right? Medicine is the career for me and, that's the path that I should go on. Um, So results day came and I didn't do too bad. I got three A's and a B, which is pretty good. Um, So I was shocked. I was like, oh, wow, like maybe you can actually do this. Um, And I'd say that was the moment for me where I was like, okay, despite me having the desire and the passion to, you know, pursue a career in medicine from when I was younger, I've always been interested in the sciences. I've always been kind of academically inclined and I just like learning about the, the human body um I'd say it was at that moment that I had settled on the fact that I'm going to you know pursue this career 
and I'm not going to allow anything to stop me. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I was just going to say, like, it's really cool that you had that moment, especially when there are challenges going forward. It's good to have like a touch point that you can always go back to to remind yourself of why you're doing it. Um, and I think a lot of people have that. I just wanted to bounce off a point that Alameda made as well um, about schools not just being as supportive um, about that decision and kind of underestimating the students, especially students that aren't from the local area. Um, it's something that resonated with me as well. And I can literally remember um, the careers advisor being like to me, um, why don't you consider another career path? And I was like, no, I know what I want to do. Um, just you not supporting me doesn't mean that I'm not going to go for it. And I love the fact that you also had that similar experience of like being somewhere new and then having to prove yourself. I really, I think it really just lights that fire behind you as well mm-hmm. to go for it. And I think also when you don't have that in school, I think that's when all of those mentorship networks that you have outside and family and friends become so important because they're the ones that will have to remind you and like basically inspire you to keep going forward because if your teachers don't, you need to get that from somewhere else sometimes. Yeah, I think I think we underestimate the level of influence that teachers have mm, as well. Honestly. Because I think, you know, if only they realised just how much power they held, I hope they take people's futures a lot more seriously because like again so even though I had you know said that yeah medicine is definitely what I want to do my when it came to getting the predicted grades now my chemistry teacher did not want to predict me uh, (laughs) the A that I needed Mm. Um, and that was a fight and you know I'm so grateful for my family like you said the community that you have around you is so important because my dad's a teacher so he knows when you can challenge the system. Um, and he didn't want to speak to her. He wanted to speak to the head of sick form. Um, he, <laughs> Straight to the know, top. Always. To the top. They, they don't want to, you know, they try and put other people in your way. They're like, no, I want to speak to, to the head of sick form. And I really thank God for her because she was somebody who we were all scared of. Like she was probably one of the scariest teachers in sick form, but she asked me to come to meet with her at like 7.30 a.m. like one day, which is so early. Yeah. Um, and I remember just sitting in her office and then just like breaking into like floods of tears because I was like, I'm not going to allow this lady who barely knows me mm. to come and just cap what I'm able to achieve or really just to, to stand in the way of me actually pursuing a career in medicine. And Lucky for me, my head of sick form was so lovely. She changed my predicted grades on UCAS, but she didn't change it on the school's record. Oh, Which, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't really mind. I didn't really mind because, um, like, I was like, okay, like, it's fine. Like, I need, I need it for UCAS, essentially. But lo and behold, who achieved the A in of chemistry at the, at the end of the day? So yeah. it's like, if, that, if my head of sick form hadn't changed it for UCAS, we know just how hard it is to even be shortlisted for an interview for, for mm. medicine you know and it's like you're tripping over at the first hurdle but that hurdle isn't within your control or that you know them giving you those grades to an extent isn't in your control mm. um so yeah I think I really wish teachers kind of recognize just how much power they hold and I wish that they wouldn't stand in the way of people you know pursuing the careers that they're interested in yeah, great. Yeah. All our teachers listening to this right now, hope you're taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> taking notes. Uh, and 
Alamide, now that you are a doctor and you've, you know, you've done, you went to medical school for five or six years or whatever it was, mm-hmm. what would you say is your best part or like your favorite part of your job and of your extracurricular activities of which Millennium Medics is one of them? Ooh, well, the favorite part of my job or my favorite part of my job. Um, I would say it's just so nice to have like more patient contact like seeing a patient through to the end of their stay um and really just being a familiar face to them becoming somebody that they can trust um it's so lovely because obviously as a medical student a lot of your experiences on placement are very ad hoc one day you're on the ward the next day you're in clinics the next day you're in theaters or you know and you don't get that continuity but I think you know having that responsibility that this patient came in, we took care of the patient throughout the stay, and we, you know, this patient has been discharged, and that quality of life has significantly improved based on, you know, what the care that they've received. So I definitely say that that is just something that I love. That's something that never gets old, you know, um, especially when you're able to kind of engage with them more on a personal level. So, you know, like just have conversations about their lives. They ask me mm-hmm. questions, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's, it's just so lovely because I think it, it makes it that bit more rewarding. You know, the job isn't always easy. Um, it, it can be very challenging, but just having that reminder of this is why we do what we do um, is really, really encouraging. Then I'd say um, favourite part about what I do outside of medicine, particularly in terms of um, like running melanomedics and things, I just think it's so nice to work with people um, on a a shared passion um, and also to just see the the outcome and to see what we're able to do when we all kind of put our minds together and and seeing people grow as well. I think, you know, I've I've worked with so many people over the years in Melody Medics and and every time it's just like, it just feels like it's getting better. Um, yeah. you know meeting great people brilliant minds and just trying mm-hmm. to push people <laughs> trying to push people out of their comfort zone because you know that they're capable of so much more and I think that's been so beautiful and then when we're all able to kind of share in the benefits so you know sharing stories of people who we've supported whether it's like in their medicine application or whether it's like during medical school and things like that mm-hmm. it's so nice to see the result of of the effort that we're putting in so I'd say that never gets old um so yeah and I just feel like sorry I know you only asked me one point but (laughs) I I keep going I do I do feel like um melanomedics has been so great for me because it's shown me that I was capable of a lot more as well that Mm. I had other interests that I never knew so for example I love design you guys know (laughs) how much I love design and how pedantic I am um, over what we put out there in terms of branding and everything so that's something that I've really been able to a skill that I've been able to hone over the years um the other thing I'd say is just how passionate I am about leadership and young people who are interested in starting ventures um, I started Melanin Medics when I was 18 years old. Um, I was so clueless. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea, um, you know, what it could become and, and you yeah. know, all the amazing things that we'd go on to do. Um, but I'm just so passionate about people who have an idea or who want to make a change in a particular way. And 
just pushing them um, in their leadership and, and supporting them as much as possible to take their ideas from paper to reality. So, yeah, so that's what I love. That's absolutely iconic. You, it, you seem like so happy when you're kind of involved and interested in people's lives and mm. making it like changes that are notable. So I think that's really beautiful. Um, and, and I was just going to say, I think also like your love for people, like, you know, that's echoed in medicine, but it's also echoed in melanin medics, which is really, really nice to see. Um, and as someone who works in melanin medicine as well, I definitely think that it pushes me to do things that I never thought I could do. Like last year was just like it just there was just a lot of growth mm. um, by being part of the team, which was really, really nice. Yeah, thank you. And so, uh, another thing that I find funny, sorry, is that before I start medicine, before I started medicine, yeah. um, I questioned as to, to whether I liked people. I know that's like why did you apply for medical school if you don't really like people and it's, yeah. it's not even it was it was like a, a weird thing because I just felt like I was very socially awkward um I I questioned my ability to interact with people on a personal yeah. level but then I look back now I'm like oh my god you know I can't I can't get enough of, <laughs> of <laughs> these guys or, or the people that we get to interact with and the thing is, over time, obviously, my, my role has changed. So it's a lot less um, kind of front facing and a lot more behind the scenes and, and making sure logistically that everything is in place. But I do live for the moments where I can just, you know, work with people, spend time with people, get to know them. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we love working with you. So that's brilliant. Definitely. <laughs> Thank Definitely. you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, bouncing off what you've just said then about... Um, that kind of being maybe a time where you didn't think that medicine was appropriate for what you could do. Have there been mm. any other times or points where you thought medicine might not be for you? Um, so I think obviously the journey um, in medical school is very long. Um, yeah. it, it can be discouraging at times, you know, when your, your age mates are getting on with their lives and, you know, getting started with our careers, you know, yeah. earning, <laughs> earning money and you're there waiting for student finance and NHS bursary, you know, you know how it goes. Know, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think rather than kind of figuring out whether medicine for me, I think my question changed more so looking at how can I make this career work for me? I don't think I fit the standard mould of, you know, what a medic looks like or you know, somebody who is so passionate about changing something or discovering something or being really innovative, innovative in the kind of scientific medical space. That wasn't me. Um, mm. and, and I knew that from early. And at the start, I used to be very discouraged by that because I just felt that, you know, I'm capped in terms of what I'm able to achieve in my career. Yeah. But actually, you know, over time, you realize just how flexible career in medicine is. And how can I make it work for me? I know the things that I'm interested in and I'm passionate about, and I know how I've been able to intertwine them in medicine, in what I do, um, you know, in my role with Melanin Medics. But I think, yeah, the, 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 question, the question has changed. So first year, I questioned whether, you know, I was capable of doing it. Then once I passed my first year exams, I was like, okay, you know, you're still here. They haven't kicked you out. <laughs> you're not a fraud. <laughs> um, and then, yes, I'd, I'd say since then, I just 
realize that medicine in the conventional way may not necessarily be for me. So I see myself blending my time with clinical and non-clinical roles in the future. Um, but it's still within the medical space. It's still practicing as a doctor. It's still using the skill set that I've gained and it's still pursuing my passions. And that's really all I want to do. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like you jumped in and like found a key way to overcome like these times that have kind of made you question it. It's more that just as you progress throughout your career, the way you viewed the question and the way you viewed your role within medicine has changed and you've kind of created your own space. Yeah, I'd hope so. <laughs> I'd hope so. And I think that's why I try and encourage people because, you know, medics these days are so diverse in, in terms of interest, in terms of the areas mm-hmm. that they're pursuing. You know, mm-hmm. you look back however many years ago, med is it like medfluences or um, what, what they call it now, you know, influences in the medical space didn't really exist, but it's yeah. it's on the come up now and it, and it's so nice to see. And especially like med tech as well there's such a, a keen interest in that um looking at the role of of medicine in terms of you know healthcare consultancy and just there's, there's so much more than the standard kind of specialty training that you think when you're yeah. going into it in in your first year and it's so hard to know all of those things when you're 18 and I think a lot of it comes with time it comes with choosing to talk to people who are just doing really interesting stuff and choosing also to just like not box yourself in because I know when I started medical school I just wanted to be a doctor and I know that like when I started medical school I didn't think of societies I was just like need to get that degree and then Mm. as you start you find all these things and you realize that you have all these things that you're passionate about and things that make you tick and it's nice that medicine is a career that allows you to venture into those things as well. Yeah, I say the opportunities are endless. Even if you just look at specialties, the opportunities are endless. And then when you've got all the other things you can do, it's like, whoa, I'm yeah. some real fun here. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, Alamade, what's your life like outside of medicine and outside of melanin medics as well? <sighs> <laughs> outside? Honestly, that's sad. You know, I think I've been I've been thinking about my life a bit more um, outside of medicine recently. But I'd say, you know, I'm trying my best to be intentional about the things that that make me happy and the things mm-hmm. that that really bring me joy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so lucky that you know, in my experience of kind of clinical medicine, it hasn't been terrible. It hasn't sucked the life out of me, which it can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad it hasn't done that because it's kind of given me the the scope to, you know, use that energy that I've retained to pour into the other things that, that I'm interested in. So I'd say my life out of, outside of medicine is busy, you know, from mm-hmm. the outside looking in. Um, but then at the same time, it, it's so enjoyable. I love everything mm-hmm. that I do um, in yeah. a weird, twisted way. You know, the, the back-to-back meetings, the, the days off that... It, <laughs> that are used for life admin and quote unquote days off you know (laughs) it's like they should just call it life admin days because Mm. that's majority of what you're doing kind of catching up with people and catching up with emails and things but no I I really enjoy it I'd say Melanin Medics has just given me so much just so much to look forward to Mm. um and I didn't realize that I didn't have that you know as a first year medical student like you said like Mm -hmm. my focus was to be a doctor Mm -hmm. I literally had no other interest (laughs) yeah Um, whereas now I'm just um you know thinking about all the things that we can go on to do 
as a charity um thinking about all the things that that you know I'm interested in in terms of you know supporting young leaders who have ideas and making that a reality or whether it's in you know with my graphic design business um I'm just always looking for how can I maximize the impact in terms of what I'm doing um and sometimes I'm just like why can't I just live you know (laughs) why can't I just go with the flow and enjoy life and um but I think you know I recognize that having a positive impact or seeing the the difference really does bring me joy um and that's not a bad thing and it's not a cringy thing either because (laughs) I used to find it cringy but now I'm just like that that's who I am um so yeah and I I'd say I enjoy life outside of medicine I enjoy you know being able to catch up with my friends I enjoy the small things that it's so easy to take for granted um mm. even if it's in the evening of uninterrupted Netflix like come on that that <laughs> is we're gonna have to have another is... discussion about what you're watching later <laughs> <laughs> no but honestly like those things kind of bring me joy and yeah so so that's my life outside of medicine that's brilliant um I do find that as you spend more time in medicine as you've said like it just starts to enrich other areas of your life like there's so many skills you gain um, throughout the different things you can get involved in and you just find yourself taking pieces of that and like mixing it into how you interact in the I guess outside real world um, yeah it's great and it's great that you're still so excited about things um, to do with medical medics as well like whilst you are outside of work and it just kind of drives you and pushes you to kind of keep that balance going as well between work <laughs> and life balance. And it's just really inspiring to see as well, like someone who just remains so like positive, because I think it's so easy sometimes to forget, like, just how much you've like how far you've come. And I was reading a quote on Twitter that was talking about how like you wanted the things that you have right now so badly, and now that you have it, so easy sometimes to forget Mm. that like this was what you asked for. So it's nice to see someone who just remains so positive and optimistic about the future and what that looks like. True. I wish I could say it's always like that, but it isn't, you know, <laughs> we, we have to keep it real. Um, and I was, I was telling Teddy earlier today that, you know, I just feel like it goes in waves. Like sometimes I have more energy. Other times I'm just like, I'm over it. Like yeah. <laughs> I just want to sleep for a good mm-hmm. week. Um, but I think it's just recognizing that when those waves do come and where I feel very energized in terms of, you know, thinking about the future and what I want to do, whether it be for the rest of the year or the next five years, um, it's really about setting the the things in place that are going to sustain me or that are going to allow me to achieve those things. Even on the days where I, where I don't feel like it, you know, how can I remind myself of why, why I'm doing what I do? Um, and I think that's why, you know, as a medical student, you feel like you have to take every single opportunity and, and just use it. Whereas now I can be a lot more selective in terms of just doing the things that, I can see the benefit in and I'm actually happy about doing um so yeah so it's not always like that but it's nice <laughs> you know th- these kind of phases are, are really nice to to just focus on just enjoying life mm-hmm. I guess like given all the things that you know now and all the things that you've learned about yourself what you enjoy um what advice would you give to like your younger self if you knew everything that you know now then does that make sense <laughs> I feel like I asked that question in such a roundabout way <laughs> but, no yeah. 
it, it makes perfect sense. Um, so I think in terms of what I, I tell my younger self is don't be afraid to take the opportunities that make you uncomfortable. Mm. Um, I think it's so easy for you to stand in your own way. And I've seen that in my life so many different kind of times. Um, I used to be shy. I can't say I'm shy anymore because, you know, we've come a long <laughs> way. <laughs> um, but but I used to be be quite shy. I'm not the first person to kind of volunteer myself for an opportunity. Um, you know, I, I'm very... I overthink a lot of things um, and I, I used to be even worse before, but I would definitely say, yeah, be, be careful of where you are the one standing in your own way. You know, your capabilities are limitless so long as you put in the work um, and don't, don't talk yourself out of an opportunity that is good for you as well. Um, mm. And I think these are, these are all different ways of me saying like, <laughs> Just don't stand in your own way. Um, you know, take that risk or, or be brave in taking that opportunity that makes you uncomfortable. But and think about how much you have to gain as well. Um, and also another thing is actually there would be so many times where I'd be in like meetings with like all these like really senior people and I'm just there as my twenty one year old self, like <laughs> just happy to be there. Um <laughs> but I wouldn't speak you know I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't share my real thoughts I wouldn't share my real opinion opinions because mm-hmm. I'm just happy to be here yeah, um, yeah. and I think it, it's moving past that mindset and speaking and, and sharing your truth and and recognizing that you deserve to occupy that space you know they put yeah. you in that in that position for a reason don't underestimate the level of impact that you have don't underestimate the diversity of thought that you can give and yeah. like before like I hate it when people overcomplicate things. So like they're talking about an issue. I'll have to like be paraphrasing in my head, like, so this all you're trying to say is like <laughs> this, 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 and this. Like, you know, and then you realize like what they're talking about isn't even that complicated. Right. And and maybe it's that's my ability to process information and streamline it in a way that just makes sense for, you know, the average person. But it's just articulating your thoughts or thinking out loud and, and bringing people into your world, bringing people into your perspective. Don't be afraid to do that as well. And just be yourself as well. You know, this medicine profession, I feel like they're trying to take my love for braids away from me because, <laughs> because, me because of this, like, so at the moment I'm working in general surgery, right? Mm. The way I had been avoiding going into theatre, because again, I don't know how many years I'm going to have to be speaking about scrub caps and braids and how they're not braid friendly. Friendly, yeah. um, Because I've spoken about it before. I have an article um, on the GMC blog talking about my experience with, with braids and trying to, to wear the scrub caps, right, to go into theatre. Um, but yeah, I refuse, you know. I changed my hair last week. I had braids before. I said, I'm having braids again. Are we going to make it work? <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're gonna we're gonna find that larger scrub cap that's gonna that's gonna fit your hair. And lucky for me, and um, where I work, honestly, I've never worked in a place that's so diverse. Like it's ridiculous. So it's nice to see like ODPs um, and you see their scrub caps and they have like Ankara so like native yeah, clothing yeah. scrub caps they're like this is the lady that you can get it from like it's only five pounds I was like wow like my life <laughs> you know and, it, and it, it, it just brings you joy so I, I just say that 
just be yourself, be authentic, you know. And if you feel like there are things that, that are blocking you um, from being yourself, speak up about it because it's it's like since I've spoken up about it, first of all, the amount of people going through the same thing is ridiculous. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then second of all, it's nice to see solutions. You know, I hate speaking about problems over and over again without there being any progress of a solution. But yeah. literally, you can actually buy like personalized scrub caps for braids and things um, and they're reusable as well so that's nice but we just need to get the the hospitals to get yeah. the gist you know and yeah. um yeah to, to really just think about us braided people <laughs> yeah <laughs> out here. um yeah as an aspiring surgeon myself I have invested in an Ankara scrub hat it's gorgeous so I'm happy it does the job (laughs) to be honest my last trust they did have some larger scrub hats um yeah yeah so um I used to work at uh, Lewisham and they they were quite good for them but they were always quite low in stock so you'd have to be like digging for them um and they would only occupy like help with your hair to a certain length as well um so, yeah, it was definitely a great investment going for the Ankara scrub hat. One of the other um, SHOs working was the one that plugged me into it. And I was like, your hat's incredible. She gave me the link. I'm onto it too. Um, <laughs> and I'm just so, I'm so happy for companies that are doing such um, a thing. Uh, but yeah, so I love the fact that you've also commented today on speaking up and kind of not letting people, not, so I think when people do use a lot of technical language, it, it does kind of feel like you are being silenced um, yeah. because it's, it's kind of a gateway to say that if you don't understand the way we're speaking here now, um, then it, it forms a bit of a barrier for you to then yeah. be able to interact, especially if you might then be questioning whether the way you speak in your grammar and your English is up to par with how they like relayed information as yeah. well. Um, so that, that really resonated with me. You're speaking to your younger self, but you're also speaking to me. Um, and I know it's, always just a good idea to put your voice out there um yeah. so I really love that you um put that out today and for everyone to hear and also like I think it also leads to the whole thing about not being scared to ask questions because sometimes like especially in, like academic settings I don't think they quite realize that they're ostracizing people with the language that they're using mm-hmm. so just challenging people and being like no tell me more what do you mean by that I'm not sure I understand. This is my first time here. Like those phrases are like really protective for you as well, but also forces them to like, you know, communicate clearly because it means you're not like, it's not a you problem. It's a them problem. They need to communicate clearly. That's what needs to happen. So yeah, that is great. Um, okay. So we've just got a few questions to ask. Um, I think we can ask this one in one. Um, about just popping back to the fact that we are in Black History Month. Um, So are there any challenges that Black people faced in medicine um, today that are different from when you were first starting out? So rolling back to 18-year-old Lamade again. Hmm. So I think... um... I think the issues are changing in some regards. I think what's been so beautiful about being in this space is seeing how the conversations have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say that that when I first started Melody Medics, I genuinely thought that the issue was numbers. Um, but then actually, after a while, I started to realise that it's not just about, you know, the 
the fact that there are less black doctors in the UK than there are in comparison to other ethnic minority groups. When we look at the, the makeup of the UK, you know, you see that black people aren't as represented and I'm looking forward to receiving the next set of census results to see if it's changed. Yeah, <laughs> um, because I think it probably has changed quite a bit. Um, but anyway, I don't think it's just a numbers issue. Of course, we'd love to see more people who look like us in, in these spaces. That's a given. But actually, what you find is that progression, the people's experiences of, of navigating medical school, of navigating their careers, you find that they're just facing a lot more barriers that are slowing them down progression-wise. Yeah. Um, and I'd say that those things haven't changed, you know. And I'd hope that society is more tolerant now. I'd hope that there's less discrimination and less racism. But we also see how things are, are very subtle. We also see how easy it is to be gaslighted about your experiences as to whether, you know, is this really happening or, um, you know, am I am I going crazy? Um, so I'd say that definitely we have to pay attention to people's experiences. We look at things like differential attainment. It's only become more recognised now because people are speaking about it. But it's been around yeah. for quite a while before in terms of, you know, black medical students as well as doctors be more likely to, um, I think they're three times more likely to fail their um, postgraduate as well as undergraduate exams in, in medical school and in medical training. Mm. Things like that, we definitely yeah. need more to be done about them. When we're looking at, you know, the, the number of black senior doctors in, in leadership, again, yeah. that there needs to be more, you know, we need to see more representation. And it's made me so happy this year seeing two doctors, um, two black senior doctors become CEOs of NHS trusts. First yeah. of all, I don't think people realise how rare it is um, for a doctor to be a CEO of an NHS trust. So that's yeah. already a rarity because a lot of them don't come from you know, um, like medical training and things like that. And yeah. then to see them kind of progress so well in their careers, um, of course, they, they probably face a number of challenges and I'd love for us to speak to them one of these days. Yes, me <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, yeah, I think it, it's just so beautiful to see. And I think I'm grateful for, of course, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement that has opened people's eyes for some of the problems that exist. But I also seen how easy it is to minimize our perceptions of black people in medicine to just the presence of racism and discrimination. I think mm -hmm. sometimes we just neglect the fact that people have so much more to offer than their negative experiences in terms of their medical training. Mm -hmm. um, and I think especially in Black History Month, that's why I like it, because it's a, a good opportunity to say, look at how far we've come in spite of the challenges. And also, yeah. let's just celebrate our existence. <laughs> let's celebrate our heritage. Let's celebrate, yeah. you know, us being our authentic selves without fear of being seen as a particular certain way. Um, so yeah. So back to the question. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think things are, are definitely getting better, but challenges still exist. Um, you know, in terms of their experiences, in terms of how you're able to relate in the workplace in terms of the support that you're receiving, you know, access to mentors, access to, to people who act as sponsors. Yes, there are more allies, but we need people who are investing in the in the journeys of, of medics coming up behind them as well. And it's great to be able to, you know, create an avenue for that through Melody Medics as well. That is brilliant. Okay. Um, so, yeah, 
Lemonade, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we've learned so much from our discussion. I'm sure yeah. everyone tuning in learned loads as well. Yeah, thank you. I learned a lot. Like, I feel like I've doing it for a bit now and there was still stuff that I didn't know. So it's nice to hear about it. Thank you for having me and looking forward to the rest of the episodes in this Black History Month series. Thank you for listening to this Black History Month podcast edition brought to you by Melanin Medics. We hope you have enjoyed this interview and have been inspired to fall in love with medicine too. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to our podcast and social media pages.